and hello everyone welcome to another episode super stoked to share this episode with you it's kind of near and dear to my to my heart because i'm going to go through the journey of how we're here at this point in time together as some of you may know if you follow me on instagram I launched my NFT project, and now I'm launching my first collective group for, well, it's everyone, but it's for artists, (laughs) but uh, I think all business owners can benefit from this. Basically, I am launching this group called the Conscious Creators Kingdom on Friday, and um. I just can't believe I'm I'm here. I can't believe we're here because it's been a journey. And this journey didn't start months ago. This journey didn't start this week. Um, this journey started when I was literally a child. And for everything to come full circle now is a beautiful culmination of who Cooper is. And I'm going to go through that story. I'm taking all my walls down and I'm going through the raw points of life that have built up to this moment. Uh, cause I saw a video talking about, um, this girl was talking about how, like, it's all about experience and it's all about like life experience. You can know and get the knowledge from like books and like other things, but life experience is the most important thing. So I, uh, kind of took that as a challenge and said, all right, well, I have a lot of life experience from people telling me I'm not good enough to mental uh, fortitude to get through physical trauma, um, taking leaps of faith, having full belief and confidence in myself, and yeah, just doing what I guess I said I was going to do. So... Praise God, praise the Lord, praise all of you. I love you guys. Let's get after it. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. I'm so stoked that you're here. I'm so stoked that you're listening. Words can't describe how much I love you and how much I appreciate your support. Gotta get a sip of water because I'm about to be talking a lot. (laughs) That's for sure. I'm excited. Thanks for tuning into all of this. I know it's probably going to be a little lengthy episode, but I promise you it's going to be worth it. Since I am launching the Conscious Creators Kingdom, I will plug that first. Um... (laughs) it's basically a collective group dedicated to artists and business owners that want to tap into their creativity and full expressive uh, nature. So that being said, you want to write a book, you want to make music, you want to paint, you want to uh, create books um, dedicated to children. You want to create toys. You want to, make something with your hands, uh, (laughs) digitally, whatever. The Conscious Creator's Kingdom is made for that. It's for you to embody your true self, your true regal uh, entity, you know, king or queen. You need to take your throne. And that throne, your kingdom could be your family, your business, but it all starts with your art and it starts with your creativity. And that's what we're going to tap into. And there's four pillars that I'm going to go over real quick. One is technology resourcing. Technology resourcing is how to automate and outsource your business using technology. Because a lot of people in the spiritual community specifically demonize technology. And I can see why. And I can see where the AI Uh, is detrimental in those things, but 
it's only to automate your your tasks and also to create full equity and full income for yourself so it even goes beyond ai i'm talking about nfts technology resourcing what i'm selling is new kids on the block what god is creating is nfts for you because nfts you get full ip you get full intellectual property you get full income off of the first sale and then excuse me you get residual income off of the sales after that so you could get 10 percent 20% depending on the platform you literally have income off of every sale so when someone resells your nft you're always making money off of that sale so it's forever income it's residual income and it's yours because it's your property that's what technology resourcing is all about next logical mind mapping that is taking your mind and mapping out your business, your thoughts, your art in a logical way where your dream can become reality because step one is always mapping your thoughts. And that's what the Conscious Creators Kingdom is going to teach you. Next, sacral expansion. Sacral expansion is so key. This is, It's honestly my favorite part. And honestly, like being uh, tapped into uh, a couple of coaches and mentors have been able to tap into my sacral chakra. And I will go in how my sacral chakra has actually expanded and strengthened over my lifetime to a degree where I feel like I can become creative at a massive level. And I, and I know that I can share that with other people as well. But the sacral expansion is going to be a conscious uh, creator's kingdom offering as well because we'll do two calls each month. One is dedicated to the mind mapping. One is dedicated to the uh, sacral expansion. So that's, that's the important aspect. And then the last one is going to be regal embodiment. And regal embodiment is very key because I don't have a service out yet. Basically, what it's going to be, it's going to be your asset protection. Regal embodiment is being so embodied spiritually that your 3D realm is going to turn into a kingdom where it turns into wealth, it turns into status, it turns into, you know, a partner, kids, a household. Asset protection. And that means protecting you and protecting your art. So... That's going to embody creating record labels, art studios, book publishing companies, the works. That's what Regal Embodiment is all about. And I want you to be a part of it. So that being said, let's let's do it. Let's do this thing. Where did it start? It started when I was just, I was a kid. I was a kid. I was having fun. I was living life to the fullest. I was being fully expressive, <laughs> fully creative. I was playing outside, playing sports. Um, I was uh, making art. I was writing. I was reading. I was watching TV shows. Like I was just being a kid. And when I was seven, I developed a pain in my hamstring. And that pain was turned into something a lot worse. And I had night sweats for a week, uh, chills, fever, uh, like this leg pain was just ridiculous. It wouldn't stop. So I finally went to the hospital, went to the emergency room with my mother did a bunch of blood work. It was it was an anomaly because my white blood cell count was really high, but my other blood cells were very low, so it was very dangerous. So the doctors were telling me we got to send you to St. Louis Children's 
So I went to St. Louis Children's because the pediatric care was next level. Um, and I, and I got the bone marrow biopsies that were needed, uh, because they took my blood work and they thought it was strange as well. And, um, they needed to do more analysis and more research. Well, little did I know <laughs> this was going to transpire to be something bigger than just leg pain and, um, night sweats and, and fevers and all that. It turned out I was diagnosed with acute lymphocytic leukemia. So acute lymphocytic leukemia, I guess, to simplify this, uh, for those of you that may not just, you know, look up all these different cancers, right? Because um, it's, it's, it's tough to <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's tough to pinpoint where all these, you know, come from. So leukemia is a blood-related disease. It's a blood-related cancer, and it starts in your bone marrow. That's where they create your cells. And there was a slight mutation in the white blood cell, in the pre-B white blood cell. Um and it multiplied and multiplied and multiplied where all these mutated cells started killing off my platelets, my red blood cells, um, some uh, like healthy white blood cells. <clears throat> uh, I feel like there's one more platelets, red blood cells, white blood cells. I don't know. I haven't taken, <laughs> I haven't taken those courses in a while, but Basically, it started killing off all my healthy cells, and that's why my body was shutting down. So I had to pretty much respond. My body had to respond pretty quickly in terms of like uh, I had to get chemotherapy right away, bone marrow trans uh, biopsies, bone marrow. Uh, I think I had a transplant too. I know I had blood transfusions. Um, so basically, I was taking, you know, needles, medicines. Uh, the grossest, uh, most painful toxins in my body for, well, two and a half years. But when I was in the hospitals, it was a month of just every day, just some needle went in me. And it was tough. Like, it was really tough. But spiritually, it was betrayal of my own body. Like my body betrayed itself. My mind and body betrayed each other. Like we went, it was a civil war within my own nervous system, which it's crazy to think about when I've gone through all this spiritual research now to figure this out. I, I was like, no way. Like, <laughs> I'm addicted to betrayal. My curse, my generational curse is being betrayed, whether it's myself, other people, business relationships, personal relationships, uh, relationships, intimate relationships, whatever the case may be. I am addicted to betrayal. And once I figured that out, I said, wow, like it dates back literally to leukemia. So yeah, did treatment for two and a half years, got better, uh, was in, you know, been in remission since 2000 and let's see, December of, so I was diagnosed in June of 04, released December of 06. Yeah, so two and a half years. Uh, been in remission since then, so that's is that seventeen years, sixteen years, something like that. And I feel great. I feel great. There was just a lot of things that happened in my life that made my life different from you know every other kid's. Uh, you know, I had to stay inside a lot more. I had to take a lot of naps. Uh, which actually definitely not complaining about that, but <laughs> I had to take a lot of naps. I had to step away from school, step away from sports, 
step away from everyday matrix events. Uh, and to be honest, like that was tough. I had to spend a lot of times uh, isolated from people besides my own family, my own mother and, and father, uh, my siblings too, but I was isolated. I think, I think that's why it's correlated to a lot of isolation points in my life. I've actually been able to handle that. But basically, I had to fill my time with more than just TV and video games. Now, granted, did I play video games and watch TV? Absolutely. I loved movies. That's why I really got into movies. Um, but I really got into drawing comic books and characters. I also got into writing, like short stories, creative stories, and a little bit of poetry, actually, was <laughs> was what I uh, really, really tapped into. Uh, so... Yeah, it, it was it was a great like it wasn't a great experience, but it was a great learning lesson on how to really tap into your mind, body, soul and uh, like release all that all that energy that I had pent up. Because my so another key point why I talked about the sacral. When you get chemotherapy, they take a long syringe, long needle, and they jab it right into your sacrum, which your sacrum is like where your spinal cord is located because they had to, they had to get into your spinal fluid, which is why my nervous system um, is a little sensitive uh, compared to other people's. Uh, so I have to really watch out what I do with my like exercising, my eating, uh, drinking alcohol, like, or any drug use because my nervous system can get very out of whack. So I have to stay even keel. So they took a syringe and jammed that shit into my sacrum. So my sacrum was on fire or my sacrum was just getting, well, pounded like <laughs> to put it in a simple term, like my sacrum was getting pounded by this needle and it's wild because uh, I didn't think about the spiritual energetics behind that. But when you take a lot of trauma to a chakra, like a whole chakra, that like is a muscle like that's muscle testing, but it's like energetic testing. So like taking that needle and taking a toxin right into the chakra made my chakras a lot. I got, or it made my sacral chakra expand more or like take more energy because it had to, I had to take more energy because that was a literal toxin getting put into my body. So I have like <laughs> this like veiny bicep of a, of a sacral chakra. And it can take a lot of force. So that means when I tap into it, I can tap into this bottled up energy. And I have a theory too, that whatever trauma you resonate with as a kid or resonate with the most, tap into that chakra and see like what you can get out of it. Because I want to know like, if other people tap into this energy on such a profound level compared to like their other chakras. Cause I, I don't tap into my other chakras like I do with my sacral. It's just, it's, it's vastly different, wildly different. It's, but it's really cool though, just to connect with God on that level. So taking that energy and putting it into like as a kid, creative activities, it's why like I came up with comic book superheroes. It's why like I came up with these wild short stories. Um, it's why I came up with uh, some crazy poems uh, and, and was like able to do these things creatively because of what what my energy was able to hold. So pretty, prof pretty profound stuff and getting getting past leukemia. 
I really developed a sense of pride and maybe like a sense of ego. So if you fast forward two and a half years, get done with treatment, I went to Disney World, uh, did all the things, met all the sports players, you know, did the uh, the charity events as the honored hero, um, did the school assemblies where I got to uh, do locks of love and like cut people's hair and, you know, do uh, all the things where a lot of attention was on me. Uh, which can definitely subconsciously put put a sense of ego. And I think it kind of did that for a little bit because uh, it's funny, I was a middle child, or I am a middle child, I should say. So, you know, the joke is the middle children don't get the attention. But I did get a fair amount of attention as a child because I had cancer um, and people were worried about me, right? So when people are worried about me, like, you know, they're, they're always, you know, asking me what's up. So get past that. Life was uh, pretty smooth sailing uh, till I would say I was 11 or yeah, I was 11. So get done with treatment. Life's good. And then when I'm 11, I face uh, a traumatizing situation. Um, with with someone and it really it really burned me inside and it really it was a betrayal because it was someone i i deeply care about very much and i think going through that memory i I suppressed it as a child Uh, but when i got through that 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 trauma that harsh period or that harsh moment um i was i was able to keep living life like as a kid but then i got to middle school and i carried that that sexual trauma with me um and that betrayal then leaned into more betrayal in middle school where I was bullied significantly into deep isolation uh, to where I had to get counseling because I was so depressed and I had no friends. And (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I even want to like be here anymore, be alive. And that's, that's really dark, you know, when you're 12, right? So I went to counseling for actually a second time because I got therapy. I got a counselor after my grandmother died of lung cancer uh, when I was going through leukemia. So I, I, I was nine. No, no, no. I was eight when she died. So I had counseling when I was eight. And then I got counseling again when I'm like, you know, 12 after uh, being bullied. So going through that, that isolation period, I leaned into creativity more uh because like being bullied in in middle school like i felt uh i felt like i had to create my own fun like i had to have fun with myself and granted like i have i have my brother though which was great but you know my brother's got friends too and you know obviously my younger sister's got friends um i had my next door neighbor who was around my age but he's got friends too. So it's not like, you know, I can always (laughs) rely on like other people for entertainment. Right. So I, uh, really got into writing and that's when I got into, um, that's when I got into poetry and I started writing all these poems. I started writing about prayer and, uh, visualizing. I, I actually would, uh, it's funny. I would actually project as a child, uh, and I would, talk about like seeing angels and like talking to I thought it was God which actually I guess it is God but it was like my higher self and I was talking to this entity it was like this bright light and I would talk to these angels which they weren't usually like human angels but it was just like these these like uh these like beings and they had like wings but um 
it wasn't like the scary TikTok angels that people talk about where it's got like, you know, the the thousand like eyes just like floating around. It wasn't like that, but it was just like these like angel wings with like, but it was like a sphere. It's like another sphere of light. And I would talk to these entities. Uh, and I think like God was protecting me through this gift because of what was going on in my 3D realm, which was almost a depiction of hell or purgatory. Um, because when I was like, you know, I was sick. And then I go through this, you know, sexual trauma. And then I go through being bullied. Like, <laughs> it felt like hell on earth. Like, I was going through literal, you know, demons at the time. Uh, like, I was like having nightmares and like, seeing you know demons in my sleep especially when i was sick because you know i was taking like opiates so like it was really lowering my state of consciousness so i was like in the shame guilt fear levels of a vibration so like my vibration was super low and it was projecting into my 3d realm and i didn't even realize it um but that's that that's what was happening and then i was like connecting with god through this prayer so like i'm really thankful for god and that's why I, I try to have such a deep connection with God because of like he was there. If I didn't have God and I wasn't praying to God, I would have been dead at a young age through like all these things. So that's why I always shout out God. I always give glory to him. That's why I always say that he's the creator of all this, not me. It's it's all him. Like it, it's all him. Conscious creator's kingdom is all him. New kids on the block, all him. The next piece of my business, all him, because it's not my business, it's God's business. And that's that's what he's doing. These other projects I'm working on, that's God speaking through me. I am just a messenger. Nothing more, nothing less either. Dang. So... It's pretty wild. I uh, so I so I get through middle school, right? So I'm doing the prayer, I'm doing the poems, all these things. And actually, I submitted a poem to. It was like this contest. It was the book was called Acclaimed. It was like the National Writers Society or the National. Yeah, I think it was the National Writers Society. And it was through my school, like my grade school. So I submitted it and I won. I was published in the book, and I, I think. I got put into a prize pool as well. Um, so it was like really cool, like having a published work in a book. Um, <laughs> whether it was legit or not, not sure, but, <laughs> you know, it gave me the confidence. And uh, the reason I say this is because when I was leaving middle school in eighth grade, my English teacher told me, Cooper, you will be a mediocre writer, maybe a good writer, but you'll never be a great writer. You will never be great at writing. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make a light of it. Fuck that though. Fuck that noise. So I said, fuck that noise. I didn't actually say that because I was literally in eighth grade, but I, I, I said, fuck that noise. And, uh, I continued writing and I and I kept submitting to different contests and I was getting published in like these different books and like it was like small prize money because you know you're a kid so obviously they're going to take advantage of your work but um <laughs> it was a good confidence boost uh, and it's so funny just looking back all on all of it uh and just thinking like wow like I could have really just let that uh, defeat me and I could have just said I'll never write ever again outside of like you know school assignments but I said nah you know and I went to high school and did my thing in high school uh, had had a good time you know made some good friends I really enjoyed my high school experience um, dated a girl for two years uh, I really do appreciate her and everything she taught me. She is a really great person and she's actually married, which I'm super happy for. <laughs> like that's, that's incredible. She's married to the guy um, 
that she met they were best friends in high school when we were dating uh, and then they dated after we broke up and now they're married and i'm like super i'm actually happy for him and i say that because and i'm saying this because everything that happens in your life happens for a reason and that's come a long way from sitting in the victimhood of everything i used to tell myself i'm a victim of all these things but i'm not a victim like that's all in my head like nobody can hurt me i can only hurt myself once i adopted that mindset i've i've let go of so many things and this relationship was one of those things um instead of just like pointing the finger or saying what if or whatever i'm just happy for her and i'm really glad that uh she's got her life partner and i'm and i'm and i hope for a forever marriage or forever union with with those two so anyway getting to the end of high school uh i had a couple scholarships for football it's what i wanted to do that's what i thought i wanted to do <laughs> but I, I went to uh quincy university uh played college football for all four years i was injured for most of it but tore my labrum and that's why I sat out a lot because uh, I tore it my freshman year, tried to keep going, and then sophomore year I got surgery. So I uh, didn't get to play my first two years, which was a, a real bummer. But uh, like I said, it kept me off, like, off one aspect of life because – to correlate it back to my cancer story, I did a lot of things in the community that were just as important as what anyone accomplished on the field as well. So getting, I guess, to the more details of it, basically going from high school my senior year, I, I raised money for Leukemia, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We did a week-long uh, campaign uh, called like Pennies for Patients is what it, what it was called. And we raised like, I think it was like $5,000 in that one week, which was really cool. Like I felt a lot of support uh, from my buddies at Dismet, and we did this uh, assembly and the assembly was really awesome. I got to speak in front of all my peers, teachers, faculty. So I spoke in front of, uh, I'm trying to think at the time, I'm going to say it was like 1,500 people, maybe, something like that. And speaking to that many people would scare the absolute shit out of me. Uh, but I, I had God come over me and speak. And I was shaking leading up to it. I thought I was going to like shit myself because I was so nervous. But then like when I when my name was called and I had to step in front of these people, I felt God and my nerves just melted away. And then I spoke and it didn't even feel like I spoke. It wasn't me. It was God. Like my heart and my mind were like blank, but I was like saying words and people were getting into it. And I and that's and that's like just another moment where I'm like, fuck, that is God. That is just all God. And it's just cool to be tapped into that once again um so then getting to college when i was injured i was raising money for the leukemia and lymphoma society again called the student of the year campaign so i did it spring my freshman year of college spring my sophomore year of college the first year um i sold like t-shirts and i just reached out to people via email and like all these things and i was just like eh, i'll make i'll raise like you know, five, ten thousand dollars. So I raised twenty-five thousand dollars that first year, which was really fun. Um and it was like a competition. So it was like me and like four other people. And I actually I was I was the runner up. The person that came in first raised, I think it was thirty thousand dollars. He really put on a good campaign. So I did it the next year. 
and I raised, I want to say it was $33,000 and I was the runner up again, but I was told, Hey, you should go for that $50,000 portfolio. I think it would mean a lot to you for uh, leukemia. So I was like, sure. So I worked my ass off that summer and I hit the $50,000 mark, uh, which was insane to be in a room with other adults because I was the youngest one there. And sitting in that room with people that raised, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity, it, it just, it felt, it felt like I belonged, but I, I definitely felt like, how did I even get to this point? Like it was a surreal moment. And that was just another example of God working with God through God and eliminating the ego. So yeah, I was freshman sophomore year of college when <laughs> football didn't really work out. So I worked on fundraising and just trying to be a, a person of the community. So junior and, and I'm dating a girl at this time and uh, it definitely was not a healthy relationship for sure. Uh, a lot of unhealthy habits, a lot of arguments, and just just not good, not good. Um, but I I know she's doing well because I know the capability of where her heart is or can be, especially with the trauma that she endured in her life. Uh, I'm really proud of her just for still wanting to be alive and still wanting to actually make a difference in the world. I have a lot of respect for her and for that. And I know she's got a boyfriend too, which I'm, I'm like, like I said, super happy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her and I'm, and I'm hoping that they get married and they do their thing and you know, they're life partners too. Uh, like I said, no victim mindset. All love, all gratitude. Uh, <laughs> so breaking that, I broke that off sophomore after sophomore year. And I basically went into this mode of uh, publishing a book because I was just like, mm, I had this idea for a while. I do like writing. And uh, this professor told me, publish a book. And I was like, I don't know if I got the confidence for that. <laughs> like, especially a football player, like writing poems, like mm, doesn't sound masculine. <laughs> like I was caught up in this whole ego masculinity thing. So I was like, there's no way this motherfucker right here is publishing a book on poetry. But I, I said, fuck it. So I just did it. And um, so I wrote it sophomore year I actually hand wrote it uh, at nights before bed because my relationship wasn't going very well and I just needed like an outlet to like vent and then junior year I put like finishing touches on it and summer junior year going into I think it was senior year I put it on Amazon I self-published it and I like added a little hype to it and like all these things but I literally loved doing that whole process because like, I, you know, I felt like writing my poems. I felt like a rapper, like in the, in the studio, like writing, you know, to beats and like all these things and just writing my thoughts and doing that gave me this sense of uh, expressive freedom to be myself. And that's why I called the book virtues and vices because like I, I have felt all the virtues and vices, like all the all the sins, the uh, cardinal virtues, and then like, you know, the seven deadly sins. I felt all those things. I've experienced all those things, even though I was only 21 years old. And like I, I've felt all that pain and I felt all that joy at the same time. So I expressed it on paper. And, you know, it wasn't life changing 
you know, money or whatever by any means, but putting at, putting that out there and like having people buy copies and like uh, uh, write reviews and like, you know, share their thoughts on it. Like if it felt, it felt good because like I had people coming to me telling me like they were in a dark place and they read the book and like it gave them hope that there was God or they gave them hope that they could heal and gave them hope that they, they can go see therapy, especially from like a, a, a man's point of view or like men in general, because the, the healthy outlet for men wasn't really talked about because like we were supposed to suppress our feelings. We weren't supposed to have emotions and we're not supposed to feel, which controlling the emotions is crucial. However, suppressing is not controlling. Suppressing is a mechanism of defeat where when you suppress it, you're just going to explode later on. So that being said, um, so I, so I published the book, I got the feedback, went back to school, senior year, graduated, you know, had a bunch of things come up where had to go see therapy. Oh, and that's right. I saw therapy actually (laughs) when I uh, was dating that girl, man, just the things that come up freshman, sophomore year, I went to, or uh, sophomore year, I went to therapy and, um, my therapist challenged me about my relationship with my girlfriend at the time. She didn't tell me to necessarily break it off, but my therapist was like, you need to evaluate the relationship that you're in. So that's, that's, it did, it did, it did lead to the decision of the breakup. So <laughs> anywho, I went back to this person my senior year and it was, it was really hard. Like I honestly was like, <laughs> I'm back again. And she of course was like, Oh, I'm glad you're back. And I'm just like, I'm not glad I'm back, but she, uh, she really helped me and, uh, I appreciate her so much. And I, um, got in that dark hole again, but what got out of me, what, what helped me get out of that hole was, um, she told me to get back into writing even after publishing that book. And uh, that's when I started the good and the evil was even right after publishing virtues and vices. But the thing was the good and the evil took more time because like I was going piece by piece and I was feeling through what I was writing in the actual moment. Virtues and vices was just like things I was reminiscing on. The good and the evil was more of a present moment uh, feeling experience. So that's what got me out of that hole. So then when I graduated and I moved back home, finding a job was hard. Um, but what kept me going was writing and, and thinking about creating businesses because I, I was dabbling into entrepreneurial endeavors with some people. They didn't pan out to obviously create you know, methods of income, but, um, I was, you know, looking to start a holistic beard oil, um, fragrant and, uh, natural fragrance, uh, because like the girl I was partnered with, she created the materials like from either like her garden or her like essential oils or whatever. Um, and she made some really good stuff and, you know, I think we were just really early on that marketplace because I think if if we did like a holistic fragrance or a beard oil now, I definitely think it would sell a lot better. Uh, so it was a great idea, uh, just too early. But I hope she's doing something now with it. I think she would do really well. But uh, anywho, so after college, you know, it was tough finding a job, but then I found a job with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and I was working there uh, from July to February 
or uh, January, I should say. And there was nothing wrong with it. It was just, um, it was a very emotional experience. You know, I thought that helping kids with, you know, cancer terminally, you know, or, you know, terminal illnesses, critically ill, critical illnesses. I thought that was going to be the most fulfilling thing. turns out it was not. Um, It was very hard. And I lost a lot of energy. I lost a lot of love. And I was not a good person. I was not a person you want to be around because like, I just felt like my life force was just drained from me. So I ended up leaving, taking the job where I'm at now. And I started editing my book, The Good and Evil, when COVID hit because I went on vacation. And as I come back from St. Lucia, beach, tanning, just drinking my face off, uh, COVID happened. And I was, you know, in my house for, oh my God, March to June so like three months and I didn't I didn't do anything but write um like I was dating someone but uh I wrote I wrote in my basement like and it was funny like I would I had kind of a crippling alcoholism going on (laughs) during COVID so I drank a lot and I would write when I was drinking um for those of you that didn't know this, Stephen King was actually an alcoholic and he would write a lot of his stuff when he was either blackout drunk or just very drunk. I didn't blackout. Well, actually that's a lie. I guess I did blackout once or twice when I was writing because I would wake up in the morning. I was like, wow, this handwriting sucks. But I was just like, when I could see the words (laughs) legibly, I was like, that's some gold. So, yeah, I wrote that during COVID. And then I reached out to a publisher, got rejected by a few, but then I found one. And once I got that acceptance, created the editing, the book cover, everything. And then I published it. Um, when was it? 20? Is it 2020 or early 2021? But then I published Again and Evil. And <clears throat> getting that getting that out there uh, was pretty cool. And being able to sign with the publisher, I thought that's what I wanted. But looking at the royalty shares now, I'm like, dang, I wish I didn't give away my my property like that. But you live and you learn, right? Which is why my purpose now for everyone is everyone keeps their IP. I want everyone to keep their IP. And then when you figure out the money aspect, you can figure out the royalties on your own. Like you can do it on your own. It's very feasible. It's just like you got to get creative with it, which is why the mind mapping is such a pivotal point of the pillar uh, model that I'm using. So, whew. Um, yeah. And uh, when I published that book, I had uh, an interesting breakup with a girl. Uh, we only dated for a little while, but it was funny. She, I mean, she was moving away to uh, New York. So I, I was, uh, there was no way I was moving there. So it was like, whatever. But, uh, it did, it did, uh, inspire uh, a few breakup poems, you know, like my Taylor Swift or, uh, Drake moment right there. (laughs) writing about exes but um yeah and then shortly after I got into a relationship that lasted two and a half years almost um and there was there was definitely some some physical abuse that was endured on my end um and some mental abuse and cheating that was also endured on my end um but I wish the best for her now. But that was the wake up call to the masculinity, um, to getting back with God, 
to isolating myself and to becoming a better version of Coop, to becoming conscious. Unfortunately, that relationship had to end. That's why I ended it. And my shadow work coach, when I worked with her, she challenged me on the relationship because I was telling her some things that that were going on. And um, she told me a, a monster was the girl I was dating because I talked about the monsters and me, which was a program I did with my shadow work coach. And there's definitely uh, monsters within my inner circle. And uh, yeah, my shadow work coach challenged me to look at my girlfriend at the time and I didn't want to believe her. And then sure enough, things happened and I'm like, wow, she was, (laughs) she was right. So it's, it's crazy though, because like, I'm thankful for all these situations. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like I used to think I was a victim, but I'm not a victim. Yes. I, there was endured abuse in some relationships, but I know that's, that was a projection of myself and my insecurity or my limiting beliefs or or my generational curse of being betrayed like that was all within myself it was just a projection of that and making someone an opponent was what i always did because (laughs) being betrayed you always want to have an opponent right or uh you always want to have a I guess like someone stabbed you in the back. That's why like I always had back pain too. It's just, it's just a lot of different things to look at, you know, and, but getting to the point now, you know, been single for about six months now. Yeah. Six months, like no dates, no nothing. Just pure. I wouldn't say pure isolation. I've definitely seen friends in those things. But like not having like any sort of intimacy or affection from a woman this long, because like I was always going from dating one girl to the next girl to the next girl. And finally breaking that cycle has made me such a more enlightened person. And it's tapped into all this creativity because I wasn't giving my sacral. See where I'm going with this loop? I was, I was giving my sacral away to all these relationships, whether it was time, money, energy. I'm not even talking about like sexual energy. I'm talking about just intimate, loving energy. I was giving that away. But now that I've tapped into it and I've honed it in, I'm able to create all these different things. And that's what I want you to have as the conscious creator. I want you to have all these energies come within you and you can push it through your solar plexus, your heart, your third eye and your crown and just shoot it, just fucking shoot it out of you and come up with your greatest ideas yet, whether it's the greatest song ever, the greatest book, the greatest painting, sketch, toy, uh, like, claymation like a tv show movie whatever it is that's what i want to tap in with you guys and that's why like with this group it's not like this huge elaborate offering it's pretty simplistic right now and it's not really that expensive like it's a very (laughs) it's a very inexpensive membership but the whole purpose of it is to create with you guys. I want to create with you guys. God wants to create with you guys. I want you guys to create with each other. There's one thing I've learned is artists want to collaborate with other artists. And that's just with all genres and fat and facets. Like I want to make music and I, and I, so I'm a writer, but I want to make music as well. So if I could team up with a beats person, I provide the vocals for this person. They provide the beats shit great mesh i want to write a book and i want art artist creates art but doesn't have the words wants to make a book boom collaboration 
that's what this is guys like that like here is is it's a connector but then also we're going to help those people that have great ideas they just don't know how to express them because if i've sat in enough meetings with people it's oh i want to do this but no stop saying but fuck that word fuck the butt actually sorry pause oh man i i might have to cut that out <laughs> but um <laughs> fuck that noise like we're gonna eliminate but from from the vocabulary it's going to turn into and I have this great book idea and I'm going to follow through on it and I'm going to find the money. I'm going to fundraise for it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like, it's going to turn into and no more butts, no more butts. There we go. That's a better one. No more butts. And, and we follow through with our ideas and we create and we consume good things and we become messengers for god business owners for god artists for god musicians for god we're doing it all for god that's the whole point and then we love every minute that we do it and then we can make money together break bread together become a community together stay at each other's homes be a be a family but it's not going to be a cult where you have to stay in it and if you leave, you can never come back. It's not going to cost an arm and a leg. It's not going to, it's not all that bullshit. Like, fuck the bullshit. Will the price go up over time? Maybe. Probably. But it's not all about the fucking money. It's all about creating. And then when you have capital, you have equity in each other and you're all making money and you all quit your jobs and you all do this shit. Now you want to create asset protection and we're going to make our own fucking labels, record labels, fashion labels, art studios, galleries. We're going to make all that shit. I'm going to teach you how to do it because I know how to do it. I don't fully know how to do it yet. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm still learning. And that's why I'm not offering this yet. Because I'm not going to offer something that you won't get the full scope of. So. Who's with me? It's the revolution. It's the evolution. And we'll talk about investing your money in assets as well. We'll protect your assets. This group will... Protect. We will protect, we will provide, and we will conquer. But we won't conquer each other. We won't conquer anything. We'll just conquer. We, we are conquering ourselves. Internal. That's it. And I'm so excited to do it with you. This has been a culmination of 26 years of spiritual evolution. That's now transcending into a business that's transcending to a collective group leadership the only thing i'm going to say is thank you thank you god thank you family thank you friends thank you uh <laughs> people i've met through different collective groups Thank you, mentors. Thank you, professors, coaches, teachers. Thank you for telling me to never stop going, to never give up, to always speak. The people that told me I was going to do good things later on in life, thank you. Because I wouldn't have questioned myself if you never told me those things when I was rolling out of bed doing my nine-to-five job living a robotic lifestyle wouldn't have done it without you thank you thank you god for everything 
I have taken up a whole hour, which I was definitely planning on. <laughs> so thank you for sticking with me. I love you guys. Hop on the group, register for the group, $24.99 the first month, $111 after that. You can come and go as you please. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Let's kick ass and finish this week strong. All right. Doses.